passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. Bastards and Winters, welcome to episode 314 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. While the internet can sometimes be a firestorm many times, one thing I can always count on to find on there is a good laugh. And most recently, I have found myself laughing my ass off a bunch at a webcomic called Swan Boy. It follows the titular character as he causes minor trouble that often balloons into something bigger. I first learned of Swan Boy thanks to the FX series Cake, which animated some of the comics into shorts. And in all honesty, I hope it gets animated more. But the thing I like about Swan Boy is that he's neither good or evil. He's very much a chaotic neutral, whose actions are sometimes done out of petty greed and other times to help his friends Rona and Noel. Swan Boy can be a piece of shit, but he doesn't mean to be. And it's rare to find a fictional character that does shitty things that you kind of want to root to succeed. So, if you need a good laugh, definitely read Swan Boy at swanboy.com. You will not be disappointed. Anyways, with that, let's start this week's show. On today's episode of No Borders A Race, we relearn history with one of the greatest comedic minds of all time, and an iconic creature gets a wild new take on stage. Plus, on this week's A Bastard Soapbox, <sighs> fucking Dilbert. But first, let's start this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're starting things off with Yuki, whose latest album, Parega Suzukunara, plays to many of the vocalist's eras. The song I'm about to play is very much aligned with her days fronting Judy and Mary. This is Time Capsule. Cala 
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. Just Jazz sounds of Triforth with Just Roll. That comes up with their newest album, Calm and Clash. If you're in the Tokyo area on March 24th, you can attend their album release party at Blue Note Tokyo. Mel Brooks is a comedic genius. Works like Get Smart, Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein have become not just comedic staples, but also the pedestals of perfect satire and parody. In 1980, Mel Brooks unleashed History of the World Part 1, a fantastic send-up of the likes of Ancient Rome, the Inquisition, and the Bible. At the end, a Part 2 was promised, I'll bet jokingly. Well, the joke is now real, as History of the World Part 2 has been brought to Hulu, this time as an eight-episode miniseries rather than a movie. In hindsight, it's a good idea. This way... Mel Brooks and his team of co-writers can expand on the concept and dive into multiple arcs and stories. But in its execution, History of the World Part 2 is pretty hit or miss. Let's start with the good stuff. I do like the Russian Revolution parody. 
Nick Kroll and Pamela Adlon moving to Russia to kill Lenin is pretty funny, with Jack Black as a silly wussy version of Joseph Stalin. You've also got Johnny Knoxville as Rasputin, whose many attempted assassinations have been turned into hilarious jackass skits. I also love the Kirby Enthusiasm parody where it follows Judas about to turn in Jesus. And the fact that they got J.B. Smoove involved made it even funnier, especially when they start talking about a certain fetish Jesus may have, uh, one that I have been saying for years. When it comes to the bad stuff, I wish I didn't have to say much. But there are some stinkers in the form of The Invention of Fire, which wastes a good starter gag for something lazy. Jesus and his disciples, reimagined as the Beatles during the Let It Be sessions, sounds good on paper, but the overall showcase is kind of lazy. The sitcom about the first black congresswoman, Shirley Chisholm, is slightly decent, but it does fall flat in the end. But perhaps the worst thing about History of the World Part 2 is some of the parodies of modern day stuff. Anastasia having a live Instagram feed never hits its mark, nor is the Sigmund Freud masterclass. And don't get me started on the statural removal infomercials. It was fun here on Tim and Eric, thank you very much. The only one that made me laugh was Galileo on TikTok, especially the gravity one. Although his birthday cameo bit was just cringe. The thing that I don't like most about History of the World Part 2 is how they have to splice everything into chapters and spread it throughout the series. The movie told each historical narrative from front to back, without any pauses of the like. I feel like instead of making you anticipate for the next part, it kind of takes you out of your element. As such, many of the long-running skits, especially the Civil War one, doesn't go on long enough for it to make any sort of steam. Mel Brooks's History of the World Part 2 can be funny, but you have to sludge through some bad bits to get to the good ones. The original movie is a classic, but if you want to see history being told in a very funny way, in a more modern way, that's what drunk history is for. As glad as I am to see Mel Brooks actually making one of his fake sequels real, it's a shame that its presentation is kind of forgettable. Perhaps we shouldn't be hoping for Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. I mean, did you watch the really bad cartoon that came out nearly two decades ago? Just, um, yeesh. Let's head back to some more music. We head deep into Sweden towards the circus of mayhem that is Avatar. New album Dance Devil Dance is here, and to make a little chaos is the song Valley of Disease. Like a second 
presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. So, to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm, riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm gonna just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you are brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's t- take too long to explain. We gotta get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I the air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com. <laughs>
Nakagawa with a new version of Gozen Rokuzi, which means 6am. See? My Japanese lessons are paying off. That's off of a new self-cover album simply titled Shototen Self-Cover. And I can't help but notice that a lot of bands around the world are now doing this. From Asian Kung Fu Generation re-recording their album Solfa, to Roger Waters reworking the iconic Pink Floyd album The Dark Side of the Moon. Sometimes it's good, other times it can be a little... Meh. But it's very unique to see them do something like this. You know, folks, sometimes I forget that I have a great theater world right in my backyard. I know it's nowhere near close to Broadway, but Boston has some amazing shows for lovers of theatrical arts to immerse themselves in. Most recently, I had a chance to watch the theater troupe Manual Cinema hit the Emerson Paramount stage with their own rendition of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And let me tell you that this production was a sight to behold. First and foremost, for those who don't know, Manual Cinema has built up quite the reputation as of late. On top of their work in theater, they've also won an Emmy for some of their television work, as well as earned a lot of acclaim for their contribution to the recent Candyman movie. And a lot of their praise comes from their unique do-it-yourself style of creating. Much of their best work involves puppetry, specifically shadow puppetry, and a lot of that is used in this production of Frankenstein. On top of it being a take on the iconic story, the stage adaptation of Frankenstein also tells how Mary Shelley came to create the story. Dealing with the death of her child, Mary found herself unable to get out of her funk. It's when her husband Percy and his friend attempt to make a bet on who can write the scariest story when Mary finds a spark of creativity. We then see Mary take on the role of Victor Frankenstein as he sets out to create life and play God. Soon we follow the creature as it deals with its surroundings and the people it comes across. Some may only know Frankenstein from the classic Boris Karloff movie, so it'll surprise those who come to watch Manuel Cinema's version that it follows things a lot more closely with the original book. After all, they changed a lot of what happened in the book to fit with what could be done in movies back in 1933. Watching this take on Mary Shelley's classic story is probably the closest we've come to seeing a proper adaptation of the book. One of the cool things Manuel Cinema does with its production is its silent movie approach. While there are songs sung by the in-house band, nary a word of dialogue is uttered by the cast and crew. Only a few times when silent movie word cards are shown where we see the characters utter words. But throughout its entirety, the play takes on the form of an old movie shown in a very behind-the-scenes fashion. We watch as the cast changes from costume to costume to play their respective parts. We see the puppeteers as they perform as the creature. We can even see when the production team is switching from one shadow puppet to the next, on top of how they're able to overlay scenery in its unique way. It's this look behind the looking glass style of theater that helps Frankenstein showcase its bones, its muscle, and probably most important of all, its heart throughout its 70-minute runtime. 
Manual Cinema's Frankenstein was simply breathtaking to watch, and one I think every lover of the classic story should see. The bad news is that the troupe currently has no plans for its next production date. However, one of their other shows, Leonardo, has a couple of dates in May and October in Arizona and Ohio, and knowing what these guys are capable of, I am certain that it's bound to be a must-watch as well. Go to manualcinema.com to find out more information on these guys, as I'm certain that they'll be making some more wild productions as the years go on. Just cross your fingers hard that Frankenstein reappears on the stage very, very soon. The gender and genre-defying Queen Bee are back with a brand new album called Juni Jigen. I love Avu-chan's voice on this record. They reach real supervillain vibes in many of the songs. Here's a cut from the new album called Violence. <laughs>
churros, butterbeer, funnel cake, boysenberry. There's no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karen's want him, Chad's wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show, Eat the Magic, on YouTube. See our thirst for Dole Whip on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you. That was Bike with O Torto Santo. Bike will be releasing a new album in May entitled Arte Bruta, and they'll actually be playing at South by Southwest in Texas this very week. And now, folks, we continue onwards with our fourth Boston Calling 2023 edition of the Beantown Sampler. Boston Calling 2023 occurs on Memorial Day weekend, happening from May 26th to the 28th. The first featured act today is the Q-Tip Bandits, who first formed in 2018. According to their Bandcamp page, the group aims to capture the freedom and joy found on the other side of hardship, and to show that happiness is not a light that is void of darkness, but a balance of the two. The Q-Tip Bandits will be playing on the Saturday of the festival, and from their album Melancholy Flowers is Better Place. Thank you. 
community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern.
heavy blues in the form of Boston's GA20. That was ATL, a song inspired by Muddy Waters' iconic album, Electric Mud. GA20 were recently featured on the front cover of Guitar Player Magazine, who crowned them a new breed of blues. They'll be playing Boston Calling on Friday, May 26th. And now, folks, time to get out of the cubicle and dive into the fire. It's a bastard soapbox. Oh, Dilbert, Dilbert, Dilbert. As a kid, I loved reading those comics as it helped me to steer clear from wanting to have an office job. I also have fond memories of playing Dilbert games on my PC and watching the Dilbert cartoon on UPN back in the day. So it breaks my heart when I have to toss your ass to the side thanks to your creator's piece of shit attitude. I'm sure many of you all know all this by now, but... In a live stream, Dilbert creator Scott Adams called for white people to stop hanging out with black people. The comments came after a poll surrounding the phrase, it's okay to be white, and how black voters were split on whether or not it's okay to say that. For full context, this is a phrase that white supremacists have been touting. So now that you know that little piece of info, one should realize that this phrase has plenty of racist connotations attached to it, very much akin to saying all lives matter in response to black lives matter. So Scott Adams has been losing his marbles as of late, just like Kanye West, oddly enough. On top of transforming into a staunch Trump supporter, he's also been spewing racist, homophobic, and transphobic opinions and beliefs. How the man who poked fun of corporate cesspools has become a cesspool himself is baffling. Then again, with everyone from J.K. Rowling and Doug Tenaple to Graham Lineham and Morrissey showing their true hateful selves, I feel like I shouldn't be surprised anymore. It just sucks that it's yet another thing from my childhood that I have to chuck to the curb and never lay lies on again. And I get that it can be extreme to just rid yourself of these old loves completely. But it's really the only one thing I can do in order to take a stand. I realize that the Boston Bastard Brigade is nowhere near a platform that can aid in creating and destroying a career with the snap of one's fingers. Although, one can dream. Like, just... Boom. I just created a career. I just destroyed a career. But, you know, it would be hypocritical of me to say that I disagree with someone only to then give them more money. It's why I stopped buying anything Harry Potter related and why I deleted all of my Kanye West albums from my iPod. Well, save for Watch the Throne. Jay-Z really made that album what it was. To take something I loved as a kid and never watch it again is frustrating. But then again, there are things that I still love that I know I'll never watch in the future. We all do. We all grow out of watching stuff like Sesame Street and Blue's Clues, even if there's still a part of us who still loves them. But there's a difference between growing out of something and the act of boycotting. There's a chance I'll go back to watching Cookie Monster and Lazy Town if I have kids of my own, but I know for a fact that even in that future, my kids ain't reading Harry Potter. They ain't reading Dilbert. It feels like the list of people that we should boycott 
keeps getting longer and longer every day. But I'm not the kind of guy who thinks that it'll reach a point where I'll just hate everything. You simply find something else to replace the thing you won't support anymore. For Harry Potter, I found Little Witch Academia and The Owl House. For Kanye, I found rappers like IQ and my buddy Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts. And for Dilbert, there are plenty of other comics I can read that are actually fun here. Swad Boy, Flork of Cows, Pearls Before Swine, there are so many choices to choose from when it comes to finding a funny comic to read. So don't mourn the loss of a creation by someone who's a real piece of shit. Move on. Find something better to enjoy, and you'll find yourself in a better mindset. Yes, it sucks to never visit Hogwarts again, or wherever the hell Dilbert actually works. But you know what? Fuck them. You'll find a new book, or comic, or video game, or TV show, or anime that you can just transport yourself in. Find something that'll put a smile back on your face. And let the Scott Adamses of the world just wallow miserably in their dumbass hatred. And from there, I can step off of my soapbox. Remember, these are the opinions of myself and not those of B3, Black Compat, Nerdy Show, and the rest of the Land of Esh. Although I do reckon that what I say tends to be more on the side of common sense, so I don't think I said anything remotely controversial. I've tried to do that before on this show, and it just didn't make me feel comfortable. Anywho, let's head back to the playlist. We're heading back to Sweden for some more death metal, this time in the country's native tongue. This band calls himself Last Legion, and while they've been around since 2009 and have released some EPs, they have just unleashed their debut album, Metal, Blood, and Aska. I'm hoping we see a lot more of these guys in the future. Here, Last Legion with Panzermarsch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, a year-end special, and I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold, and you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese, uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow. Maybe you buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show. Yes! Tune in! We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool. And you can hear more good songs just like this.
Erica with Play Your Heart from the compilation single My Sadistic Adolescence, which features other voice actresses from Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. On top of playing the new Queen Waifu Nagatoro this season, Uesaka is also playing the original Waifu Lum in the Urusai Yatsura remake. So, Shaima, Minasan, Kontu no Nihongo Yoyaku no Jikan desu. Mel Brooksaga, History of the World Part 2 de Kaete Kimas. Yuda to Russia Kakumega Karamu Sungekiwa Warai ni Michite Imas. Sikasi, Niseno Komasaruto, Jesus Gabetos di Kaishaku Sarete Kotowa, Omosiro Ku Arimasen. Shosani Ataisuru Fuki Tonaro Beki Sakuhinga. Manual Cinema no Frankenstein wa utsukushiku butaika sareteimasu. Ningyo geki to musei ega no gihou no shiyo wa Mary Shelley no kote ni yunikuna hineri o kuwareru no ni yakudatte imasu. Shono joeno yote wa kore ijo arimasen. Shurai, mata modote kuru koto o nagate mas. Saigoni, suberashi story no sakuseishaga hitoe hito de aru koto ga hanme suru no wa kanashi koto des. Ato o artisto kara kiri hanasu koto wa dekimasuga. Artisto ga sakuhin kara rieki o eru koto ga dekiru bai wa so dewa arimasen. Nanika o boikoto suru to, sore ni nikayota sakuhin aru hatote kawaru shin sakuhin o mitsukeru no wa hijou ni kantana koto da kara desu. My thanks again to Mikio Hattori-sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. The queen of J-pop, Ayumi Hamasaki, has returned with a brand new album called Remember You. It's her 18th album and the 18th to debut in the Japanese Top 10 Best-Selling Albums of the Week. Here's Dream the Dream. Keep 
This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Drowned in the 
From their new album, Restless Fate, that was The Room with Cursed Eyelids. This marks the first album from the post-punk outfit in 38 years, as they broke up back in 1985 before reforming during the pandemic. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Basher Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Bike and the Room Made Possible by Shameless Promotion PR, and a very special thank you to Caramelon for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. Shout out to Kabar PR, too, for sending us Last Legion to blare into your eardrums. So the next episode of No Borders the Race will be coming at you immediately after PAX East 2023, which I'm certain you all know I'm going to be plenty focused on beforehand. With that in mind, expect the next episode to be all music, no topics. But I will certainly be making it up with all of the articles and interviews I'll be conducting with the developers at PAX. Actually, come to think of it, I'll be having to do this for the episode after that one, since I'll be in anime Boston mode after that. But, um, I'll start thinking of that when the time is right. We're ending the show with an artist that I actually haven't spun since 2016, so I'm happy that she's still going strong. It's Crystal K, who just released a new jazzy EP called Start Again. This song is a very laid-back way to close us off, and it is called How You Feel. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck, reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
exactly where things are The smell of your clothes Pieces of your love surround me That's how you feel Makes me smile Keep my body warm with yours I love how safe you Hey guys, this is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.